Hello, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to the turf, the silver and black turf here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my partner, Scott Winter, and we have a jam-packed show for y'all today. We're definitely going to get into the latest with the OTAs up in Alameda. Can this truly be Derek Carr's team? And has Gruden found the fountain of youth in running back Justin Jacobs? New AB, no problem. All that and more coming up here on the turf. What's going on, Scott? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How you doing? Long time no here. <laughs> yeah, man. We got a lot to talk about today, uh, this time, man. First of all, OTAs obviously started this week. Uh, it's only been a couple of days for OTAs, so... Uh, you know the Raiders can't escape controversy, of course. It can't be the Raiders without controversy, without question marks that don't necessarily need to be there. We know about uh, Antonio Brown not showing up for the first day, and the media made a big to-do about that. But most importantly, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but most importantly, I want to talk about OTA, starting with the quarterback, Derek Carr. Looks healthy, looks good out there. Saw some video of him via the NFL Network. Had an opportunity to watch Derek Carr put in some work, throw some nice passes, get some reps in with the receiving core. uh, uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, today uh, Antonio Brown. So it looks like, you know, it's starting to come along. And even Derek Carr, you know, assessed, after a couple of days of OTAs, which are voluntary. So obviously there, you know, sometimes players show up, players don't show up. But to me, my concern is the, is the wide receiver core, because I think to me that's going to be critical when it comes to this in the preseason, as well as getting into the regular season, because they're going to have to probably air it out a little bit more than running the ball, because the running game to me still has a lot to be desired. I think they picked up uh, a couple of nice uh, backs and, Josh Jacobs out of Alabama. Um, I know Doug Martin is there, a veteran running back. So, I mean, the running back, the the running game is not all bad. Uh, I know they missed out on Le'Veon Bell. We talked about that before on the show, uh, which would have been a critical piece if they could have snatched up Le'Veon Bell. Oh, my God. This team would have really got in front of a lot of other teams if they had Le'Veon Bell in the running game and then would have drafted – if they would have went ahead and, and drafted uh, Josh Jacobs, oh dear God, are we really going to? I mean, excuse me, Justin Jacobs. My bad. Um. So I mean, I think when you look at this Raiders team and you look at OTAs, which is nothing really to be, uh, when you look at what this Raiders team is going to compose of, and, and and to me, the 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 sentiment to me. From what I got from OTAs thus far is that they're trying to build camaraderie. You have Josh Jacobs, you have Derek Carr, you have Tyrell Williams, you have Antonio Brown. They're trying to build a sense of camaraderie. They're trying to they're trying to build a sense of unity within the locker room. Then I know there's been a lot of talk about dissension in the locker room, but if they can hold it together and they can put up some wins, I think that dissension looks farther and farther away. What do you say, Scott? Well, you know, you're closing the door on the past. Uh, they've uh, gotten rid of uh, uh, of, of characters uh, that they felt uh, the the coaching staff and 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 front office felt were detrimental 
to uh, a cohesive uh, locker room. Uh, and they brought in a lot of new blood. And that new blood is coming from championship uh, type uh, organizations. Uh, you know, they drafted Clemson. They drafted Alabama heavily, you know, and, and, you know, you bring in an Antonio Brown, you know, he, he comes from world-class organization, the Steelers, which is not so world-class anymore, but you know, that, that's a, that's a whole different subject, but he brings a, a, a championship mentality and mindset, you know, where he's going after, after Jerry Rice's record, he feels like that that's an attainable goal for him. And that's what keeps his drive going. Uh, you know, you get, you get a, a, a receiver like uh, Terrell Williams, who honestly, this wide receiver core on paper looks better than Derek Carr has ever had. I mean, you, you, you have arguably the, the, the best wide receiver in the game. Uh, you know, no offense to that, that kid down in Alabama, I mean, in, at, down in Atlanta, who, you know, I have nothing but respect for, but, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say Antonio Brown's a little bit ahead of him. But uh, you bring in Williams, who absolutely can get deep. You, you bring in Hunter Renfro, who I believe is going to solidify uh, that um, slot position and and be that that guy that he just gets open in space. He's one of those kids, and if you watched him at Clemson, he gets open in space. I mean, he's not the fastest kid. He definitely ain't got the biggest hands. In fact, I think he's got the smallest hands in the NFL, but he catches everything. I mean, you can't even get this guy next to a hospital. He'll catch a cold. I mean, the, you know, they, they, they had a blog on uh, at Clemson, and they said they were trying to find, you know, what when he dropped a ball. Somebody said, it's all lies. It's all lies, man. His phone don't even drop calls. I mean, it was, I mean, the, yeah, the he, guy, he's incredible. man. He is. He's amazing. He's amazing character. And you need that type of receiver because Derek Carr, if he doesn't see something open right away deep, or if he doesn't see something that's going to go deep now, he can throw the ball deep. And he, and statistically speaking, he's one of the most accurate deep ball passers there is out there, but he's going to check down. <clears throat> and Hunter Renfro is going to be one of those guys that's going to get open and get you first down. Um, he's going to be a moneymaker in that. In that uh, they call it third and Renfro in, in Clemson. That's what they called him. He's He's got something going there. Now, they got more well, speed. Gonna... They got John Ross. They got, they got Rashawn Gary. I mean, Rashawn Gary. There's a lot of people that they brought in to, uh, to, 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 to compete at that wide receiver spot. So, um, Back at you, Nick. I think this wide receiver core going into the season is the best clay um, and has the best talent that, that Derek Carr's uh, had to work with. Now, you speak of Derek Carr, and Derek Carr obviously is the captain of the ship. He's the guy that's going to move the needle. He's the guy that's going to be responsible for getting the ball in the hands of Antonio Brown and others that you've mentioned at the wide receiver core. It's interesting because there was – we all were, were speculating before the draft because the Raiders worked out Kyler Murray. They worked out Dwayne Haskins. So it left you the impression that, hey, maybe the Raiders are trying to move on from Derek Carr because the last couple of years, Derek Carr didn't have stellar, you know, stellar performances on the field when you look <coughs> at what he was bringing to the table. I mean, when you look at Derek Carr's, uh, you know, passer rating in 2018, it wasn't that great. I mean, he did pass for over 4,000 yards. He had 19 TDs, 10 INTs uh, in the season. But he's, he is coming into his sixth year as a starter 
with the uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, his, his overall uh, career record is 32 and 46. Now, he's got a lot to prove this year. But the interesting part about this is that when he was asked, and, then we'll, and we'll play the clip in just a second, when he was asked about, hey, how did you feel about, you know, hearing about quarterbacks being potentially drafted by the Oakland Raiders? When you look at John Gruden and Mike Mayock, who's the GM, who were interviewing these guys, and it looked pretty serious at one point in time if you look at the optics. Uh, and Derek Carr has some interesting comments. Let's roll with the clip. Honestly, it got annoying after a while because I'm like, like, literally, they don't have nothing else to talk about. And I didn't help the situation, I'm trying to challenge people to fights. Um, <laughs> um, but to be honest with you, uh, I, should, I shouldn't have said nothing. But um, to be honest with you, uh, it was like, man, I, the owner, the GM, the head coach, and the quarterback, I don't know about other places, but here, we're all on the same page. I, I talk to all four of those guys, all three of those guys, all the time. They tell me good, bad, and ugly. Like we are always on the same page because that's what our team needs. That's what the good organizations do. And so from the beginning, I, I'll say it this way, man. We had, I talk, met with all of them, talked with all of them. When I watched the draft, there was like negative 47% chance that they were going to draft somebody in my mind. Like, like it was just. Uh, sorry, I mean I'm not trying to. Hopefully those guys didn't have their hopes up, but you know it wasn't like it wasn't going to happen. And. They, they pretty much said that literally every time it even came up, if it even came up. And uh, we're not just planning for this year. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly going to be here a long time. And so I hope, hope that's okay with you guys. But uh, you got to get used to me. All right. So it's interesting that Derek Carr said what he said. He basically said, hey, I wasn't nervous. I know I'm going to be here for a while. I was, you know, this is my team between the owner the general manager, the coach, and myself, we were all on the same page. Well, I like Derek Carr. Let me preface my comments by saying this. I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I like his Mamba-style mentality. I like the way he gets after it. But here's the problem that I have. In the NFL, you cannot sit up here and think, oh, well, I got it made because I'm Derek Carr. and I, Nobody's going to come and take my position. No, 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 no. I think Derek Carr was sweating some bullets. Now, how many bullets was he sweating? We don't know. But I think he was doing a little bit of sweating because when you saw guys like Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, who had some incredible college careers, come, coming out into the NFL, highly talked about, could have been an opportunity for John Gruden to start fresh and develop his own type of quarterback with the Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins. Yes, you got you felt you felt the Man, it was on your neck. Your, that pressure was on your neck like a bad perm. And you knew it. And, the, and see, to me, the way you come out and you say, oh, well, you know, I wasn't worried. You know, we're all on the same page. I'm going to be here for a long time. Not necessarily so. And when you have that type of attitude, this is how you get snuffed out. Because the next young guy will be in the wings waiting, and they won't even tell you. The reason why guys like Aaron Rodgers, guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, because they don't have that stigma of, hey, man, I'm going to be here for the long haul, so, you know, I don't have to worry about anything. No, they constantly look over their shoulders. That's why Tom Brady's been so successful. He's constantly had to look over his shoulder. He's constantly felt like he's had to prove something to keep the young guys off his back. The same thing with Aaron Rodgers. We saw that with Brett Favre. Brett Favre thought he was in a comfortable spot. Guess what happened? Aaron Rodgers became the next man up, and Aaron Rodgers showed up and showed out. 
Same thing with Russell Wilson. Same thing with 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 uh, uh, Drew Brees. Even Philip Rivers has that same type of mentality. These these are why these quarterbacks are special. I'm not saying that Derek Carr is special, but Derek Carr needs to get a reality check. There's no way in hell you're gonna sit up here and convince me that you weren't sweating some type of bullets when you when those names were mentioned. You were sitting there wondering. Maybe you weren't shaking like a crap game, but you were damn near close because there was no guarantee that they were going to roll with you. Whether I mean, it's easy for you to say that now, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna be here for a while. This is the, this is the, this is your year to prove that you're gonna be here. And let me tell you something: if these wide receivers that we mentioned, especially the big name like Antonio Brown, doesn't do well, guess who the the, the failure is gonna fall on? Not necessarily Antonio Brown. It's gonna fall on Derek Carr. Well, that's definitely interesting. Uh, an interesting uh, a take. Uh, you know, Derek Carr has been so humble his whole time there about uh, you know his role with the team and whatnot. Uh, maybe, maybe he's not going about it right. Maybe he is. Uh, be it would have to have to be in that locker room to to really get a get a good uh, gauge of it, but. Uh, uh, these are words that, that Derek Carr in the past has not asserted himself with. He's asserting himself uh, and and putting his stamp on this team saying that it's his. And in the past, it wasn't his team necessarily. It, it was He wasn't the lead voice in the locker room. Uh, he was always in the, the shadow of Khalil Mack, for example. Uh, you know, he, you know, they always talked about that's why they drafted Khalil Mack first and over him when he had the five sacks against Denver. Uh, he's never been that. He's always been a spiritual leader, but he's not been the 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 vocal leader of that of that locker room, at least in the, in the public eye. So this might be his attempt um, or or just his belief, it, just showing that his. He's asserting himself and asserting that role of leadership. Um, as far as picking Murray or, or Haskins, I, I disagree that the Raiders are going to do that. Uh, you know me. I, I always felt like that that was not going to happen. But uh, I believe that it was a facade. They really felt like the Giants were going to take Haskins, and which, you know, Gettleman uh, threw, the, uh, threw everybody for a loop uh, and, and showed his hand. Uh, to be not Haskins. So the Raiders were trying to put out that, that, that belief, in my opinion, that, that, that news that they were trying, they were going to collect a quarterback and they were going to try to collect the quarterback. The giants wanted hoping the giants would move up to number three and the jets would trade out, take that quarterback. And then the Raiders have a whole lot more options on their plate, you know, um, at number four, but uh, that's, the that's one, just me. That's just me. I that's mean, just thing, my opinion. The, you know. Well, the one thing I learned is the fact that there's a reason why they interviewed extensively Kyler Murray as well as Dwayne Haskins. Now, whether they were going to, you know, specifically do it or not, that's another question for another day. But my thing is they did that for a reason. Maybe it was to put the fear of God in Derek Carr and let him know that don't be don't get so comfortable here because you are you could easily be a quickly uh, a one and done situation because if the Raiders don't have a great season. You think they're not going to walk away from car going to Las Vegas in a new market, man, please. They would do that. If they can find it, they would, they would trade for another quarterback. Even if it happened to be a veteran quarterback, they would trade for one. I mean, 
you look at what the Los Angeles Rams did, even though Jared Goff, you know, went through the playoffs and got them to the Super Bowl, look who their backup is, Blake Bortles. That tells me something right there that you got a backup like Blake Bortles. And I'm not saying Blake Bortles is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but you get my, you get my drift, hopefully, in what I'm saying as far as sometimes you got to put some fire under behinds of people that you think are lackadaisical or feel like they got it, they got, they're too comfortable and they got it made. So sometimes you have to put that fire up under them, whether it's going to be a potential competition, whether it's going to be a potential battle, whether it's going to be, hey, man, you know, it's some rumblings that you, you, you know, your your name on your locker may not be on there too much longer. Maybe they did that as a, as from a strategic standpoint, Gruden and Mayotte to say, you know what, we got to let, you know, Derek Carr know that, hey, man, this job is up for grabs. You know, and, and it's real easy to be complacent because really think about this. Has Derek Carr ever had any real competition at the quarterback level? Not really. Not with the Raiders. You look at what he has now. You think there's competition for him now? They better pray that Derek Carr doesn't go down with a significant injury. Because I'm looking at that quarterback roster, and I ain't too impressed. Well, Mike Glennon's not so bad. Uh, you know, Come on, Scott. Uh, Come he's on. not so oh, – wait, 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 wait. Mike Glennon is not so bad. I'm not saying he's 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 better than Connor Cook. <laughs> I guess you got to say that. Um, and uh, but uh, you know, as far and then and then underneath them they got they got pick six. They got rid of Landry today, so uh, to make room for uh, the tight end that we'd be talking about here pretty quick. But uh, Glennon, you know, he he got a big contract in Chicago. They felt like he was going to be the guy, and then flipped their script and went after. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're quarterback now, but they, they, they weren't sure they were going to get him. So they made sure that they had a quarterback that they felt could at least run that offense. And Glennon is, you know, he, he played, he was with Tampa and he got, you know, they, they, they brought in Winston and, and I get it. He's kind of one of those guys that's, he might end up being like a Fitzgerald type, type quarterback. You know, he could start a few games, um, you know, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, again, you know, I believe that, you know, that, that coach Gruden, he likes to talk to quarterbacks. It's his thing. Uh, and you know, he did his show every year. He had his Gruden camp and he likes talking to quarterbacks. That was the position he played and he wasn't good enough to be a pro obviously. And you know, he's too short, that sort of thing. But, uh, I, I do believe it was more scripted towards trying to get more, um, availability at that, at that number four pick, uh, to try to get somebody to trade up for a quarterback. You know, if they would have now, if, now if they would have if they would have went all in on on uh, Daniel Jones, they might have got Gettleman and jump Gettleman, though, if if, you know, yeah. he's never moved up. He, he's real. He is real patient as as a as a GM. He's never moved up to get a pick. So he, he waits for them to fall to him. So there you go. I'm I'm saying this is going to be a crucial year for Derek Carr. This is going to be the test run year. If Derek Carr can survive the test and get to back to his winning ways like we saw a few years back when he took the team to 12-4 and four before his untimely injury. I think that Derek Carr stays on as they move on to Vegas. They might leave him on the tarmac like they did, like USC did Lane Kiffin one time. They said, <laughs> you know what? You're not going to be taking this ride with us to Vegas. You're going to be right here in the Bay. We'll see. We'll see. But like I said, time will tell. They look nice right now. I know it's OTAs. I know we haven't even hit training camp yet. So let's see what they develop. Let's see how Derek Carr develops with, with you know, year two under Coach Gruden, uh, year one under Mike Mayock, and then year one with Antonio Brown and friends. 
at the wide receiver core. Speaking of offense, I definitely want to get in. We talked about Coach Gruden. And I, and the fact that Gruden is, is pretty much, I think he's found his fountain of youth. And I, what I mean by that is this. I think Coach Gruden continues to understand the younger players, and which is a beautiful thing because when you have younger players, especially going through the draft and getting a talented running back like Josh Jacobs out of Alabama, and then he was able to say, you know what? Josh Jacobs is going to be on a particular program. I'm not going to put too much weight on his shoulders, which was incredibly intelligent, incredibly uh, 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 wise for, for Coach Gruden to do that. Because when you look at what Josh Jacobs did at Alabama under Nick Saban, Josh Jacobs was not even the number one or number two running back. So he didn't have a heavy load even at Bama. So why would you make his load heavy as he goes into the NFL? First of all, this young man has to understand the speed of the game because the speed of the game is much faster than it was in college. He has to still understand the playbook, which I don't think he'll have difficulty with because he's a very incredible, uh, incredibly smart guy, uh, very high football IQ. And one thing, this was a quote that John Gruden said about the reason why he's, uh, that Josh Jacobs hadn't practiced in OTAs yet, that he's on a particular program. He says, quote, we have a lot of guys that are on different programs right now. We're not playing for a while. Jacobs will be back, if not late this week, early next week. He's taking part in walkthroughs. We're fast track. We're, we're fast tracking him to be ready. That tells me that they believe in the intelligence and the football savvy of Josh Jacobs. They know he's going to be a key part of the running game, and they're going to they're going to load his plate up at some point because Doug Martin, being the vet that he is, you can't put all that pressure on Doug Martin because he's older. You have a talented back, Josh Jacobs, which is going to only make Derek Carr's job a tad bit easier on the offensive end. That old line can hold up just enough to get the ball off. That's going to be crucial as well. Um, so I like Josh Jacobs. I, I think what John Gruden is doing is, is spectacular. Working with this young man, bringing this young man along on a pace where he can pick it up. Where you're not you're not putting too much on his plate, but just enough for him to grasp what he needs to do and understand his role with his Oakland Raiders team. Well, I, I really really like the kid, and and his story is is, is fantastic to go from you know, homeless in a car to, to, you know, uh, national title games and, and, and playing for, for Alabama's and then being drafted in the first round. I mean, you know, we had this conversation, uh, you know, a couple of months ago talking about running backs right. in the first round and, you know, I'm not a big proponent of running backs in the first round, but then again, you got three picks in the first round and they ended up having to use all three picks because they couldn't get any trade backs. They tried. They tried to trade back. They just nobody was giving up those second and third round picks. I mean, almost everybody. Nobody traded up back in the first round, entire first round, and got a second round pick out of it. It was crazy. Um, it was all day three picks. I'm like, dang, man, that's crazy. You know, but that was such a deep, deep draft, especially on the defensive side. That being said, sure. we had the conversation and I mentioned uh, you know, that 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 kid, uh, you know, the New Orleans Saints, uh, Camara, Camara yeah, was, was not Kamara. was not he was not the starter on his team either at Tennessee. He was right. the backup, and he didn't get a lot of work, and that's why he went in the third round. Um, and you take a look at what he has done. Him and, and and Michael Thomas have absolutely transformed that team. Now you can you can say Maurice Lattimore. Absolutely, I'm not going to take anything away from the defense, but that offense is what makes the Saints work. And if you're going to build 
a bully and you're going to build a team that's going to compete, you have to be in this day and age in the NFL, you have to build an offense. I mean, Kansas City had the worst defense in the league and, and, and was one bonehead play from going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, what does that tell you? Because they had an offense. And you get Derek Carr, all these weapons. You get you get Jacobs comes in as a as this kind of Alva Camara role where he's for Raiders fans it'd be more like Charlie Garner, uh, you know where exactly. he can, I was just about to say Charlie Garner, yeah. Charlie Garner, you know, uh, yeah. you know, a, a volunteer also by the way, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, we you know we were talking about Camara, but the the thing about Jacobs is he has that ability, he has that knack. I've watched a lot of tape on him, and he's going to be able to do all those things that Charlie Garner could do. He could be able to do all those things that Alvin Kamara could do. But now look, the Saints, you know, they still have that hammer. They still have that running back. You know, they get they lost Ingram to free agency, but they brought in um, you know, the Tay train so what, over there, Latavius so Murray. Can the Raiders, the Raiders do that same thing? They can you know, the Raiders the, have that same type of hammer? They they, you know, Doug Martin can 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 run between the tackles. Uh, he's not he's not that big guy. Uh, they do have Chris Warren. It's unfortunate they lost Isaiah Carroll to to an Achilles. He's down for there because he yeah, was going to be that guy. He was going to really be sucks. that guy. He I mean he, he was. And it would, he it really was. Made Josh Jacobs transition oh, a little man. bit smoother as well because Absolutely. he wouldn't have he wouldn't have had to dive right in. Now he yeah. has to kind of dive right in behind Doug Martin, which yeah. he can. But yeah. when you're drafting a, a running back of his stature. You want to kind of take your time a little bit with him as far as bringing him along because you want to maximize what he can do. You want to be able to maximize the moment and maximize what he can do in that moment. And so I agree. I think, you know, Isaiah going down was just heart wrenching. I mean, you hate to see any any guy go down like that, uh, not even have an opportunity to compete on the field in the regular season. So, you know, thoughts and prayers are out to him. uh, Most definitely. Hopefully he can have a speedy recovery and come back even stronger. Uh, absolutely season. absolutely now we still have you still have rocket richard back there so he can he can come in and he definitely can catch the ball um he can definitely come out he was he was a a favorite target especially underneath for Derek carr last season and he has some pop to him he has some speed to him and he and he is fearless at running he's a little bitty guy and i don't mean to you know no offense to him but he's 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 one of them tiny guys but he will absolutely you know he'll throw his shoulder into people he don't you don't have a problem with that but he's quick, and I don't believe his role is going to be diminished. I think that, you know, if you get Doug Martin running and you get Rocket Richard, you got those guys that you can count on, you know, and you can bring in a Chris Warren to get you that short yardage because he's a big, 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 big man. If he makes a team, then you can have your you can have your Swiss Army knife back there. You know, Jacobs can go back there, and you can ease him in. And and really, the the thing about running backs, man, they 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 take so much abuse. You want him healthy all the way through the season. You want to take a look at Alvin Kamara and how they use how the Saints use him, and they and they had to overuse him a little bit because of suspensions and Ingram got hurt a little bit. But they they really you really don't want to get him more than like when it, with passing plays and running plays. You you want to be under three hundred touches. You you just you really want to be. I mean that's that's the ideal that's the ideal goal. But sometimes depending on the nature of the situation and nature of your team and the depth of your team at that particular position, it may not call for. And when I speak about depth of position, obviously we we lost a, a, a huge tight end in Jerry Cook, who left a gaping hole 
in that tight end position. A lot of Raider fans and a lot of people around the league were questioning, are the Raiders going to be able to solidify and shore up that tight end position? Well, I think Raider fans, I think the Raiders answered your question to a degree. Uh, Eric Swoops, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, signed a one-year deal as a tight end. This is the same Eric Swoop that had 23 receptions for 384 yards and four TDs in four seasons with the Colts. Uh, so he's not a slouch, but he also joins uh, other tight ends like, you know, Foster Moreau, who was drafted in the fourth round of this year's draft. You look yeah, at I'm really, Luke Wilson, really interested in him. Uh, yeah. who was signed, you know, he was signed. Luke Wilson was signed this season. Uh, then Darren Waller, who, who used to be a wide receiver, they converted him over to tight end. Is this going to be enough? With Eric Swoop, is this going to be enough for the Raiders to have something at the tight end spot? I know they can't fill that hole that was left by Jared Cook, but is it something where they can be sustainable at the tight end position? Well, you know, and you know, they also you know got rid of Lee Smith too, who was their best blocking tight end. Uh, you know, with the, which that that's going to be easier, a little bit easier to fill as far as the blocking in with Wilson and and Moreau, but. Uh, it it's going to be interesting to see if Swoop can can step up and 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 get get some grabs. Now, understand Cook was he was really the only legitimate uh, target uh, that was in mismatches most of the time last season. I mean, um, that you know that that was a thing. I mean, Derek Carr threw for over four thousand yards. And, you know, his leading his leading receiver was a tight end who had, you know, almost 900 yards. That's it. Right. I mean, you know, uh, you know he had wide receivers go down. You, yeah. It kind of, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. No, go it ahead. It kind of reminded ahead. me of a younger version of Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates. Yeah, yeah, except, you know, except Antonio Gates. And I, I like Cook, but Antonio Gates, you know, wow. You know, that's. Just that, I, I think, just that yeah. dynamic duo that they have the between the quarterback mm-hmm. and tight end. Well, or, you and know, they, you had. They read each other well. Dan Fouts and Kellen Winslow, you got, I mean, the, the, you know, uh, Tom Brady and, 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 and Gronk. I mean, you know, because he doesn't have anybody at a thousand yard receivers, you know, except for <laughs> Edelman, you know, at times. But I mean, it, 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 it there was, that was just the mismatch. And, uh, you know, Brandon LaFell went down and, and, I mean, every receiver seemed like come on a team or two. It was Bryant was, got hurt. And then, uh, uh, yeah. you know, they traded Coop. And it just, it just, Things weren't clicking there, obviously, and Derek Carr had 19 TDs, which is, uh, which was a season uh, low uh, for for him as as a quarterback. I mean, he had seen high yards, but uh, you this this the whole dynamics of this team. I think tight end. Watch that young rookie, that kid out of LSU, Moreau. He, I think he's gonna show people something because he was forced into a tight end blocking tight end role because they they had a horrible line. And he can catch the ball. Uh, and when he was ta- asked to go out and, re- you know, split out, he could. He has speed. He has the ability to to create a mismatch. Swoop might be that guy, too. I mean, he comes from a passing, you know, scheme. He had a great quarterback. And so he understands that part of the game. And I'm, I believe tight end is one of those positions where as they get older, they get better, you know, it, it, it's not like they, they wear down as far as, um, you know, their speed usually stays the same and they're usually going up against guys that they can beat and they learn 
how to beat him better. They learn how to create that space. Uh, Jared Cook is a classic example of that. He had his best season last year. I mean, you know, he was always that guy that got two, three hundred yards right season. You know, so we got maybe we got Swoop who can do that. That's a possibility. Uh, we yeah. got a, you know, it, 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 and we got Waller. That's a possibility. So, True. but I it's mean, gonna be. It, it, it's going to be tough to catch balls, though, when you got Antonio Brown and Williams well, and think, Hunter Renfro think, think, and, you know. Well, when you have a guy like Eric Swoop, when you have a Foster Moreau, it takes some pressure off because you know these guys are going to be double team. You know that, you know Antonio Brown is going to command a double team. You know Tyrell Williams is going to command a double team. And I, if I had to be a betting man, I'm going to put my money more on Antonio Brown taking the double team than Tyrell Williams. And that's not a, that's not a slap in the face to Tyrell Williams because he's no slouch. Tyrell can – flat out ball he can catch the ball he can he can catch you know yards after the catch are going to be critical mm -hmm. for him so when you have guys like eric swoop you have a foster moreau when you have a luke wilson these guys can take the pressure off your wide receiver core to get the ball down the field and keep the chains moving and that's why i think this was this was such a, a interesting move by the the, the oakland slash las vegas raiders um and speaking of antonio brown now we cannot leave the show without talking about the guy, the man himself, Antonio Brown. Now, I think Antonio Brown took a lot of heat. This is the same man, once he signed with the, with the Oakland slash Vegas Raiders, he worked out with Derek Carr in the spring. He made sure he was dedicated. He made sure that he was working with the younger guys. He made sure his presence was being felt on and off the field in Oakland with the, Ra with, with the Raiders. And to me, when the media tried to bash him and say, oh, well, see, it's day one of OTAs and Antonio Brown is still not here. Hmm, must be drama. We got to compare him to OBJ in Cleveland or uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell in, in New York with the Jets. It's like, look, man, relax. This guy cannot get a break. And this is the sad part about it. Antonio Brown is the kind of, and I'm going to give you a good, I'm going to give you, a, try to give you a good example. It's like the dude that committed a crime, paid his debt, and now he spits on the ground. Everybody's like, see, he hasn't learned his lesson. He's still doing negative stuff. He's still doing bad stuff. It's like, man, relax. He spit on the ground. What if he was choking? What if he tried to get something out of his throat? Relax. It's not that serious. He's a new man. And I do believe that people do not want to give Antonio Brown the benefit of the doubt. They don't want to see him with a clean slate. He's got a clean slate in Oakland. And even I, when I listened to an interview that Derek Carr did with uh, MJ Acosta of the NFL Network, Card said about A.B., he said, you know, this man is awesome. He's an awesome teammate. And, you know, Carr didn't care about what he did in the past. You know, he's he, and Carr even verified and vouched for him and said, look, man, this guy's been helping teammates out. He's been really working with the young guys. And the only thing Carr is focused on A.B.'s past is the fact of how successful he was with Ben Roethlisberger. And, and A.B. back in Pittsburgh and what did they do and what was their dynamic so he could try to mimic that and bring the winning ways for, uh, that Antonio Brown was used to, to to bring those to Oakland. And that's all he should be concerned about. And that's all anybody else should be concerned about because lo and behold, on day two, guess who showed up? Antonio Brown. So to me, it's so much heat on this dude for unnecessarily. It's absolutely absurd and ridiculous. And let the man play. It's like they're searching for this dude to make a mistake. Like, they want him to fail, which we all know that. But I hope to God that this dude plays extremely well. I hope he has a 1,000-plus yard season, and he proves the haters and the doubters wrong, 
that he's not going to tear up locker rooms because that's what concerned me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to dial back what I said. I, it still kind of concerns me about his antics in the locker room. But the more I hear, the more positivity I hear about Antonio Brown in the Oakland Raiders locker room, the more confident I get about Antonio Brown kind of shaping up himself and his image and making sure that he's all about ball and all about putting W's on the board and, and taking less L's. That's all I'm concerned about. Well, you know, you take a look at that and, and it's, and, and I'm going to, you know, broad the picture here. Uh, when John Gruden took over the Raiders, uh, everybody wanted him to fall on his face. And he did uh, for the first season, the Khalil Mack trade and, and, and they, they see, look at that. See the games passed him by and then he goes one for seven. And, you know, I mean, see the game is passed him by. Then they, and then they get rid of Reggie McKenzie, who was the, the G executive of the year 2016 and, and replace him with another NFL personality. And, and, and that's what they said, the NFL personality, Mike Mayock. And, uh, you know, they, they looked at some of this offseason stuff and they said, see, Look at that. He's just an NFL personality. He's not the guy in control. John Gruden's the one pulling the strings and he's just going to be a, basically a glorified scout. And, and now you got Antonio Brown and the Raiders pulled off an amazing trade. I get he did a lot of things to get out of his contract. I get it. it, it, it is it something that I necessarily condone? You know what? My opinion doesn't matter on it. You know why? Because I'm not walking in that man's shoes. I ain't feeding, you know, his kids and his wife. So what he did, he did. You know, I, I mean, I can have an opinion on it, but it doesn't matter. What what matters is, is he going to contribute to the Raiders? Just like you said, is he going to be that leader in the locker room? He is a dog. And I don't mean that in a bad way. And that is not a slur. No, I know he is mean. going to be a dog in that locker room. He's an alpha. Full people he is. He's going to hold people accountable. And they brought in some guys like that. They brought in Perfect, who, look, I get it. You know, he's a lot of people talk, you know, about dirty player and this, that, and the other. Man, if, you, if you're a Raiders fan and you watched the Raiders in the 70s, there wasn't a player on that team that wasn't dirty. You know, I mean, he's a throwback. I That's get it. That's the Raider way. That was the Raider way. I mean, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But uh, he's going to be a guy. That is, he's going to work harder than people. You remember watching him old shows where you watch Jerry Rice do his run and he yeah. would just kill his teammates. Remember when Sweetness, uh, Sweetness had his his hill that he'd run up and down, he'd bring the I bears with him. All of that. And, and they would all the die. They would all die trying to go up that hill. That's the kind of person Antonio Brown. I mean, he's got his own nutritionist. He's got and his own. And, and, and he does, he's meticulous about his work ethic. And everybody, from Mike Mayock to John Gruden to anybody who has ever played with them, have all said his work ethic is untouchable. And then ben, Big Ben comes out magnanimously and says, I might, I might have uh, uh, went a little too far after that game in Denver. <laughs> so, uh, well, look. yeah, I just want to apologize about that if, well, I, look, if I, mean, I went too far. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Go Everybody goes too far. The fact that I love yeah. the fact that Antonio Brown has a clean slate in Oakland. He has an incredible work ethic. He's the best receiver in football. Say what you want. He's the number one best receiver in football. He's a guy that wants to get after it. He needed a fresh start. And sometimes you need a fresh start. Just like we needed a fresh start 
on this show because our work ethic is now untouchable because we will be back with our audience. So everybody was asking about what happened to Silver and Black oh, Turf? What happened to yeah. the Turf? Yeah, the Turf is back. We back. We had to get some things together. But you know what? We're here. And we're here for you through OTAs. We're going to have a little bit of a break. And then guys will come back for training camp. We'll be here for training camp. We'll be here for preseason. And then getting ready for the season that counts. The final season in Oakland with the Oakland Raiders going through 16, 17 weeks of football. We're going to make sure we bring everything to you raw and uncut like we do here on the turf. I could thank my established and esteemed co-host, partner in crime, Scott Winter. I am your host, Nick Hamilton. I thank everybody for logging in, downloading. Make sure you check out the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. A lot of other fine podcasts are on that network along with ours. If you want all your Raider inside information, all your Raider info, make sure you keep it locked here on the turf. Silver and Black Turf is where the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. That's right. SB Nation. Don't forget that. Thank you so much. I'm leaving the turf, man. I got to go. I got to roll, man. We got to get out of here. They cutting off That's the lights. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Get them all lights. Right, Scott. Catch you next week, my man. It's been fun. Talk to you soon. All right. See you next week, guys. I'm from the land of the players, slick talkers and collar poppers, narcotics and boss ballers, pit bulls and the rock rollers, niggas with gold teeth, old schools on gold feet, killers and old teeth, task posts and the police, Mac off the foothill, East 14 to Brandy Park, Brookfield, Plymouth and Walnut Street, from the building seminary to the rolling 20s, with ghetto celebrities like Big Feet and Little D, you see the East Bay Dragons, it's the home of the Panthers, with niggas like tons of crack and fans catching on camera, throw you in the slammer, it's the home of show and Buffballers moved to Atlanta, niggas stole our grammar That's my focus, that's my nephew, that's my weeples, that's my nizzle Please believe me, go for cheesy, off the hizzle, do your thizzle When my niggas riding dope, feet riddles, rock residential It's like crack, pack, pistols, every track I sizzle Cause I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider From the Bay to LA to Las Vegas Cause I'm a player, a boss player And if you with me, pop your collar, shake them haters I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider From the Bay to LA to Las Vegas I'm a raider, just like my niggas before me. But I was a thief without the open face, gold teeth. And in gold was some fine ass Oakland Raiders. And too short was the first Oakland Raider on the set. Now, who man was a raider when he was fucking with that? And the story X was a raider when he was a water to stay. And Dangerous Dane was a raider when he was calling hoes names. But I know from the lake on Sundays to the 5 Now we to East Mott with the side show. But it's fun and I'm famous, but I ain't trying to die though. Niggas be going out in the game, but not I. If I have to go back to dope, I'm swinging for survival. Now, true pippy do. If you hoeing and he pippin' you. Tried it for 30 days, I ain't lying, I ain't with it, dude. A babysitting job? Oh my God, that's a job. But I still wanna do it, cause it's 100% odd. I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider. From the Bay to LA to Long Vegas. Cause I'm a player, a boss player. And if you make me pop your collar, shake them haters. I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider. From the Bay to LA to Long I'm a player, boss player, and if you with me, pop your collar, shake the haters. Hieroglyphics been raided since 
since 93 till infinity. Some underground shit that just shook the fucking industry. And Humpty with his gone ass, a raider in his own right. The whole D, you can't forget you amped on sight. Now, Mystic, she the only female raider I know. You the shit, baby girl, I'm just letting you know. And last but not least... Tupac Shakur, nigga, uh, rest in peace. I'm from the city of dope, the town of the crack. I'm from the city of pimps, the town of the Mac. East Oakland, he told Ebonic speech broken, keep joking. The loony's about to have the streets smoking. Down south, y'all keep smoking. Hey, we got the killer throwing eight. Heron and kilos for days. It's the city of the warriors, the home of the A's. Where niggas get sideways, shoot out some highways, nigga. East Oakland, bitch. I'm a Doing it all. Get a nigga from the East Mountain Mall. 